Welcome to Meet the Masters today. I am Tim Watson. I'm joined today by uh, Master Jim DeBaca from California. Hello, sir. Hello. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining me today. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. How's it going out there in California? We were just talking. Uh, it's it's not too bad as far as the weather goes. But today's sunny and we're expecting rain, which we really need for the next week. So that's great. Everything's good on that front. That's good. Yeah, you were just telling me about the the embers. Just just share that real quick. I, I've never never heard that before. <laughs> yeah, they just found that we we had a big wind probably about a week ago, really windy, uh, and the wind blew off some of the topsoil. And, and last summer we had we had fires, and some of the embers underneath were still hot, still still burning, and they started they flared up some fires in the uh, uh, in the forest. I hadn't heard that before that after six months, the embers would still be going. And we haven't had a lot of rain, so that's probably attributed to that. Wow. But, uh, you know, it, we did, we're fortunate now. We're getting out of the fire season. Yeah, as if, you know, everything that we've been dealing with for the past year or so wasn't bad enough. Now you're yeah. <laughs> dormant, dormant embers are now... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had to evacuate uh, for the last three years, at least once, you know, so it, but we're fortunate our house hasn't burned and, uh, you know, we're, we're very fortunate. Uh, how, are you from California? How long have you lived in California? Uh, well, I've lived here most of my life. I was born in Oregon, but uh, we, shortly after I moved to California, I was raised in Sonoma County here. Uh, it was a wine country, they call it. A lot of, yeah. lot of vineyards and uh, redwood trees. Very, you know, it's very green here. Normally, we get enough rain. But um, I, I was raised here in California. So I, I, I uh, it's my home. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Lindsay from the UK wins. She said it's, it's, it's uh, chilly 33 degrees <laughs> there. So, <laughs> ah. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, anyone who's watching, if, if you have any particular questions for uh, Master Debaca, uh, please feel to feel free to share as as we talk. We'll we'll go through. Um, so as far as the martial arts go, how how did you get your start? Well, I started in 1972. My uh, <clears throat> I was a bachelor and. Uh, High school friend came over and he was visiting and he'd come over regular and he says, hey, I gotta leave early. I said, Where are you going? He says, I'm going to Tong Su. I said, Well, what's that? He says, martial arts. And I'd always been fat and fascinated with the uh, you know, with the Bruce Lee and the uh, you know, playing the TV series there. And so I said, uh, I'd like to go with you. He said, Well, let me talk to my instructor, see if it's okay. Now he was he had just sold his studio in was in his garage getting prepared to go to another location. So he said, I'm not sure if they have room for you. So it, long story short, I went over there, began training. And I stayed with it. As a matter of fact, a couple of years ago, I saw this same friend, uh, Scott, and a high school friend. And he says, man, he said something. I was a green belt. You started and, you're, and look at you. You're still training. And, and I, I wish I had never stopped. But, uh, you know, uh, just coincidence and I didn't necessarily pick Tong Sudo it was just like that's where he went right. and there were only two schools in town uh it's a Kempo school and my instructor and unfortunately the school I went to 
uh, Master Frank Scalarski, a really talented man. And Master Stein trained under him, Master Ed Ramirez, Master Duffield. So I got in Master Lowe and I got on in with all these people who, who really, it was serious training. And I didn't realize how, how good I had it, you know? So that's my story starting Kung Fu Do. Yeah, it's funny. I, I had a, a similar story where I was hanging out with a friend and they had started, they were like a brown belt and it was the same thing. And it's like, hey, my instructor is telling me to stop, you know, missing class uh, to play video games with you. Uh, why don't you just come to class with me? And <laughs> although he he actually he actually stuck around in his, in his he's a master as well. So <laughs> oh, good. Now, how long ago was that? Uh, it was uh, it'll be 20 years this year. Oh, good, good. So yeah, I I just remember it was uh, uh, challenging. I'm a musician. I play drums, and I was pretty. I felt I was pretty coordinated, and doing some of these moves were uh, new to me. And I I thought, gee, uh, I took it as a challenge. And and um, we were very old school. There were no kids. There was one teen and one uh, female, and she was very good. And uh, and we trained on cement floor. We did takedowns on cement floor. But I remember one of my first classes, Master Mike Lowe was a uh, uh, brown belt and he was showing me how to do round kicks. And so I'm on the wall and you pick the chamber and you pivot and, and, and so on. He says, go ahead, you, you kick, I'll, I'll be over here working with somebody else. So I was kicking, it seemed like forever. And uh, he comes over and he says, let me see what you got. And I, he was a round kick, I thought I did great. He looks at me and goes, you'll never get it. And he walked away. <laughs> and so I could have taken that and said, I'm out of here, you know, but I took that as a challenge. I said, oh, yeah. And in my mind, I said, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll show you. And so it was just so I, I stayed with it because it was, it was a challenge. That's what I like that. It was good. <laughs> so he kind so, of inspired me without knowing it. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. It's like, oh, really? I'll show you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how long did you? Uh, train in the you said it was in a garage how long were you in the garage uh they were remodeling his new new uh, oh, okay it took, it took about uh, eight months a year and then we, we got into uh uh but we used, like i said do takedowns on the cement and i remember one new guy coming in and and he says uh are we ever going to get some mats in here and my instructor said there's no mats out in the street you learn how to fall. So <laughs> I think that was his last night. <laughs> no. it, it's interesting as an instructor and, and I've taught on mats for years. And I, I say that often that the, the mats don't teach us the, the bad habits that, you know, uh, if you, if you fall hard on the, on a hard floor, you learn pretty quickly how to do it. Right. <laughs> oh yeah. And master Stein, uh, wrestled in high school and college and uh, I attribute a lot of my uh, uh, grappling experience uh, from him and he even coached high school wrestling uh, and and even assistant coach there at the junior college here so we were fortunate uh, uh, to have that cross training and experience falling on on the cement like you said uh, Hapkido I know you you're, you're a Hapkido uh, uh, student as well you guys fall all the time, probably a lot more than we did, but uh, you're right, you get uh, comfortable on a mat. Yeah. Yeah. So 
you started your Tung Sudo training and I, I know going through the, the years, you also did some kickboxing as well. Was that through the same studio or? Yeah, uh, my instructor was a boxer before he went to Korea in the, you know, uh, in the military. And uh, uh, so he, he trained, uh, as a matter of fact, he married a Korean. And so he would go back there a couple of times a year. That's another story. But uh, mm -hmm. his wife uh, told us they called him the rat. And they called him the rat because he would go from studio to studio. He wanted to see which was the toughest studio. And then we found the one he thought was toughest he, he trained there. So a lot of the sparring we did, we didn't have, have sparring gear back then. And when we went to a tournament, you didn't, very seldom would you see anybody with any, any kind of protection. And there was punching to the face. It wasn't supposed to be hard punching. But uh, then it was, it, and in the early days, it was called full contact karate. It wasn't called kickboxing. And Joe Lewis was uh, one of the forerunners and uh, Bill Wallace. Yeah. And so I had boxed as a kid at the boys club and for about three years. And I thought, oh, this is kind of great. So my instructor was putting together a kickboxing team and Master Stein was our captain and uh, Master Duffield was one of the trainers and we, and we, began uh, full contact. Now we did San Chow, which is with takedowns. Sure. If you ever watch Kung Lee, yes. he's, he's phenomenal. He's yeah. takedown. But we couldn't fight on the ground, but we could we could do takedowns. Well uh, it, it 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 was it was something that really attracted you know my attention. And so I I Tuesday and Thursdays were kickboxing, Monday and Wednesdays were my tongue sudo. So having that crossover and then we had people come in, they just want to do the kickboxing. And what you would see, some of these guys were boxers, but what you would see with these guys is they couldn't kick. And with my Tong Sudo training, you know, we could kick, you know, that's what we do. Right. Uh, you have to choose your kicks, you know, because you got a person trying to knock you out and you don't, you don't want to try to do some wushu butterfly kick <laughs> you know, and, get, and get hurt. But uh, uh, I, I really, been thankful I was able to travel to Australia. This was all amateur now, it wasn't professional. So, uh, fight the Australian team and then the Philippine team uh, came over here. We fought the Philippine, the Philippine team. And uh, so that was really enjoyable for me. Uh, at some point though, you, you get too old for that contact. You know, you're, you're uh, and Tong Sudo, you can do right forever, right? right. Form, geez, was such great exercise. So I think the coordination and I could see the difference in the students that trained Tong Sudo and did kickboxing versus the people who came in just for kickboxing, the coordination wasn't wasn't the same. I mean, some people are natural athletes. There's no getting around that. Uh, but the average person, the benefit is uh, in Tong Sudo that coordinates you. I mean, patting your head, rubbing your stomach, it's a simple thing, but but some of our some of our coordination drills, <clears throat> and when you learn a technique, you have the coordination to pull it off. And some people learn quicker than others, obviously, uh, depending on their their physical ability. But uh, that was my tongue. And my instructor uh, was very good, uh, Frank Scalzo. He was he passed away a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, but I uh, have a lot of respect for him. He uh, he really he he was a, he was a good I. I don't know too many people who are met up to his level. Uh, he was on the Korean, when he was an Edon, he was on the Korean fighting team. And so he was one of the few Americans 
interesting story. He he married a Korean, and and uh, they would go back to Korea a couple times a year. And my instructor would learn new forms. And he'd come back, and we didn't have videotapes back then. So his black belt, he had a black belt class, and he shows a new form. It was maybe at that point way out of our rank, but I didn't know. He did. He did. Come on, why not? He'd have us go through the form, and I didn't appreciate till I left how much uh, uh, experience he had and what he taught me was above my level. That you know, I have other uh, senior black belts in the class. They were learning the same form right along with me, and and I. It was it was great. Uh, I, some of the the Mudokwan forms that we like Jite and uh, Teguk and and uh, some of these forms that we we don't do in our world tongue Sudo. I still practice those and pass those on to to my students because I it was inter just filler forms. You know they they want to get something different. Maybe they've got their forms for the next rank and and they're ready. And I, I I could give them another form. Staff forms were different. Our knife forms were different. So I, I use those as filler forms. But that. We're getting away from the kickboxing, but that's that's part of me. No, it's I, you know it, it it's all to, it, it all links together. Uh, you, Master Godwin is has been very good at doing the same thing. Where he would learn. We have we have a number of staff forms past the first three association ones that he learned from Master Dirkol or the Quans that he's passed on through many you know generations of instructors and and students, and we you know from that probably have another dozen or so forms that like you said we can teach we go from chodan to idan in the association there so you got a bong young sambu and the hanchi idan you know uh yeah, yeah. really have so much so that that extra curriculum is 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 great well i was teaching a clinic at uh uh back in florida and i had a uh uh one of the black belts asked me, I said something about advanced students, uh, you know, need, need this and you got to do this with your advanced students and, and then instructor said, how do you keep advanced students? And I said, you keep advanced students by teaching advanced material, providing that they can handle it, you know. There's also a saying, you don't, you don't give a, uh, a choking horse more food, right? So if, if they've got more in their plate than they can handle, then, then obviously that's not uh, the first to teach. So I, I would teach uh, based on their, their ability. Well, like you said, with, with your instructor, it when you teach it, it helps you remember it. Because yes. you, you can only you know retain it so much if you don't practice it. And being an instructor, it's a whole different animal trying to teach a form to someone. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I, I think... Uh, uh, the forms, you know, I had a guy come to me one time. He came up and he was checking out my studio, and he, and and he says, uh, he says, I want to train, but I don't want to do form. Bruce Lee <laughs> says there's no form. I said, well, I don't think that's what he meant. He meant right. I mean, you don't get rigid in one thing, but form is, a, you know, there's a lot of purposes for form. Uh, he had it set in his mind. He he didn't, he didn't come back. <laughs> if you're here, you're gonna learn form. Right. Uh, I just want to say hi to some of the people that are watching. Uh, Master Wolverton says, my mentor, the best of the best. Hello, Master, Becky. <laughs> Master Don Khan says hello from uh, the UK and from uh, Mr. and uh, Mrs. 
Oh, and Master Khan actually just messaged me. Um, Brian Ormiston, he's from Florida. He's, he asked if your initial Tungsudo was with the uh, Mudaquan. Yes, it was. Okay. Yes. And, and I, uh, <clears throat> that's where we got the Mudaquan forms from. My instructor uh, did break off and start his own. He was a sixth donor. He was a sixth donor since the 70s. Wow. Uh, and he broke off and started the International Institute of Tung Sudo. He, he said he didn't like the politics of the, of the Mudaquan and he would sponsor some of the Koreans to come over and they would come over and outrank him even though he had a lower Don number, but he, you know, that was his, that was his uh, thing. So he, he started his own organization, but he never called himself Grandmaster. He stayed a sixth Don. Matter of fact, we're kind of relaxed on the, on the West Coast. We called him Frank. That's what he wanted to be called. But I tell you, there was an invisible line you didn't go over. I mean, right. he, was, he was the type of guy, he was old school. Uh, I see him, uh, one of his black belts got out of control and, and he, he, you know, he sparred him. This is very old school, understand? I'm not condoning mm -hmm. this, but he, and then he, he after he, he, he taught the guy a lesson, he took his belt off and then he, and he told him to leave. Mm -hmm. So there was a line we didn't go over. We very much respected him, but we called him Frank. And, uh, he was, he, that was his uh, persona, you know, he was, I could say he never called himself Grandmaster. Uh, he was, he was that, he was that confident, you know, about himself. He didn't really care. But like I said, maybe we're more relaxed here on the, on the West Coast. I don't know. No, I mean, like you said, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what you, you, you call someone uh, if that respect's there, you know? Like I have friends that are called, you know, like our, my friends in Salonas, there's two of them. So one's Master George and one's Master Angel. And, you know, they, they get all the respect that they deserve from their instructors, regardless of what they call them. So um, yeah. <laughs> Master Khan says, I remember sparring with Master Tabaka. This man is tough. <laughs> <laughs> Master Khan knows how to fight. I can tell yeah. you that right now. <laughs> I've heard a lot of stories about him as well. <laughs> Yeah, he, he, he's a monster. He's a monster. <laughs> <laughs> Master Pat Marsh says, uh, young man. <laughs> <laughs> so through this. Yeah, could be a young man again, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so through the 70s, did you have the opportunity to uh, meet Grandmaster Shin before the start of the association or, or around that time? No, no, I... I was, I was uh, teaching out of my garage and I was bringing my students to uh, my instructors for testing. And, but my instructor, like I said, he's very good. He, he would go to the Philippines a couple times a year and he was doing our niece uh, for Screema. And he, uh, I don't think they're the exact same thing, but we, we so we trained and he, he was very good. He got he very, he very coordinated, very athletic and he, very good. And so for a few years, we even brought Remy Priestess over here to, to, uh, to do a demonstration during one of our kickboxing uh, uh, matches. And he, uh, he got busy and he got, got connected with the police department and he was teaching baton training to the, to the police officers. And he was also, he got, he was going to school, got a counseling degree and he was counseling police officers who were, you know, needed, needed that. So he was very busy. Uh, and we, we weren't getting what well, we were hungry, hungry as you know as we could be to learn new stuff. And I was a sumdon. I was actually I was a, a need on. I wasn't going to test, and I had some students testing for showdown. So 
my my students and once you test so I, I tested so we're talking about you know about 1980 uh and i think in 82 after the it was after the charter convention master ed ramirez uh met grandmaster shen in uh, uh san jose uh and i'm not sure exactly what was going there was a clinic of some type for uh, promote the world tongue sudo and so Master Ramirez had also been in Korea and trained in Korea, and he, he he called Master Stein and myself and Master Duffield, and we all had a meeting here in Santa Rosa, California. He says, "Listen, I met this, you know, we're looking for something, you know, uh, more, we can get more involved with." And he says, "I met this uh, Grand Master, Grand Master Chen." I said, "Really?" And he told us the whole story and how he was a real honest person. He said he had met in Korea some, some masters that, that he wouldn't really trust because this man is genuine. genuine. So uh, I joined the association. And now we hadn't had a regional director here at this point. Master Ramirez was kind of getting me and Master Stein and uh, a number of other schools. He had a lot of influence uh, from, from the Santa Cruz area, Salinas area, got him into the association. So then we finally got a, a Master Bill Kling and, uh, retired from the military, and he was going to have a clinic and bring Grandmaster Shen out. And this is in '83, so I uh, I met uh, I met Grandmaster Shen uh, for the first time uh, in this clinic. Uh, and coincidentally, since uh, Bong Su Han, Grandmaster Bong Su Han, being in Hokkaido, you're, you're familiar with him. He did all the movies with Billy Jack. He was there also visiting. It was a surprise. Wow. And so I got to meet both of them at the same time. And I, uh, we had a clinic and, and then uh, uh, that was my first meeting with Grandmaster Shen. That's awesome. When did you, when did you get the uh, chance to actually start teaching? I'm assuming, you know, along the lines of uh, helping, helping your instructor. Was, was there a moment where he just kind of pulled you aside and say, hey, take these guys to work with them? Well, it was a chodon. Okay. And, and so he had me, he had me assist. And then when I got my E done, he, he had me teach some of the classes. He would teach for the college, uh, local college, uh, junior college. And these people would, you know, PE credits or whatever. And I would teach some of those classes. They were like three hour classes. So he, I had to try to be innovative to keep it, keep it, uh, 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 interesting. I mean, you don't you don't want to run people into the ground, and these people are just there to get you know credits for their class. Right. But you uh, you have to keep it interesting to keep them in class, and so that 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 was uh, a challenge for me, and, and that helped me. So all these learning things, you know, it's apprentice program time. You know, you, uh, when I had got with the World Tongue Sudo, all my blue belts had to assist in teaching, and uh, they didn't teach, but they had to assist the black belts. Once they got the first degree, they continued assisting. And, and at Edon, they got their number of hours in. They taught one class, one one hour class. I didn't have them teach all, all week. So that I had, they all divided up. So sometimes I have three instructors in a class, but but they, uh, uh, they taught one class at the end of two years, if they completed their own training and they tested for Edon, I would certify them as an instructor. And so that, that was their apprentice program, so to speak. And I think that that worked out well for me. Uh, I, I didn't pay my instructors. They, they, but I did pay their instructor certification. But 
it was an honor to be able to teach, you know, in a way, don't you think? Yes, sir. Yeah, I, I, I got my start the same way. As, as, as a chodon bow, I, you know, did the same thing until I got my black belt. And then I, like you said, I got my instructor certification and all that stuff. So oh, yeah. uh, there's something to be said about that. Uh, I, I, when I got my, you know, I got my instructor certification uh, from my instructor, uh, Frank Scalarcia. So I, I had that. And, and again, I would, the only, the only, uh, you know, I wanted to get a black belt. So I got a black belt, but I wanted to get an EDON. That was my, that was my, my goal because there weren't a lot of black belts, but the ones that were, they were showed on. And I, I said, I got to make it past the, the hump. You know, there's a hump that people didn't stay long. They got their black belt, maybe they left. And so I got my E on. And like I said, I wasn't going to test again. And my students testing for showing on. So yeah, come on. And I got my thumbs on and never thought about, I said, okay, I'll test. And then uh, our regional director, Mr. Klingon said, you know, you've been a thumbs on for, for more than enough years to test for your, your masters. And there were no masters clinics at that point. So you had to videotape the test and uh, sent it to Grandmaster Shen along with your essay, you know, your, your paper. So uh, I said, he, he, he said, you need to test, you need to test. We don't have enough masters out here in the West Coast, but I, said, well, I know all the forms. Right. When I first met him, he says, what's your highest form? I said, take good. He said, that's a seventh degree black hole form. I don't know that form. <laughs> and I, I didn't know what to say. That's one of the reasons. At the time, I'm thinking, gee, where, how did I learn that form? Like I said, my instructor would show us these forms ahead of ahead of our uh, rank. So I said, okay, I'll I'll test. So I uh, I tested and never never asked the test. Grandmaster Shan would, if if I got asked to test, I, I would, and, and but never thought about right. I I think I took that from my instructor. He being a sixth don and starting his own association never saying I'm a grandmaster uh, and and uh, I like that that humbleness and you know, I'm not saying I'm the most humble guy but I I really respected that sure but well, you know what watching the comments uh, your your fellow seventh dons are uh, chiming in and I, I think of the same of these guys guys like master sharp uh, says uh, WTSDA oh, rock star Godwin. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm jealous of Master Sharp's uh, ability. He said he was jealous of my hair. <laughs> so, and Master Sharp, and Master Sharp, and, and, and your instructor, Master Gavin. I mean, these two are the best in our association. And then there's Master Valentin says Master Debaca has a mean cane for him as well. <laughs> oh, gee, yeah, I I uh, created a a basic cane form. Yeah. Because in our association, you're not going to learn the cane form until you're, you know, uh, at the master's clinic. And I thought it'd be good to have an introduction form. So I, I just created this uh, uh, basic cane form. And uh, I started showing it to my, my chodons. And along with uh, a lot of uh, self-defense cane techniques I got from Master Witten. And uh, I give him credit for for being a, a just amazing uh, form. He was head of our forms committee before he left the association, but he, he, he was good. He, his cane techniques are really phenomenal. <clears throat> so I would teach these, again, we talk about teaching advanced material. You know, this is not an advanced form by any chance. By the way, I, uh, on Master Becky Wolverton is our regional director. 
she has put <clears throat> a link on our, I don't even know how to get there, <laughs> but on our, our regional uh, website. And because uh, Master Utech had asked me, can you teach uh, virtual? And I said, well, I don't really do Zoom. I don't really have the capability. But I said, I have these DVDs, the uh, came form, the 30 takedowns, the 20 advanced one steps, the add-ons to our existing one steps and some Susie exercise and conditioning drill. I said, I, 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 I give you the, I'll just give you the DVDs and you can, you can you know, let people uh, access these. So any long story short, Becky Rupp took the, took over uh, and she, she's now up, had them uploaded uh, to our uh, somehow to our, our region <laughs> one website and I'm, I'm a white belt in, in computers but uh the masters and, and studio owners uh, she makes she'll if you connect with master wolverton and uh, uh she'll she'll uh provide the link to those and it's you know anybody wants to to have it they weren't doing any good sitting on my shelves you sure. know the dvds so i think well let's let, let people let's let people uh enjoy it if they want you know not for everybody. Sure. Yeah. If uh, if the link is available, if it's on the on the uh, if it's shareable, I'll I'll take a look and uh, if I can find it, I'll if I'm if I'm allowed to, I'll I'll share it on this page as well. It's also I put these together years ago. I have two some of my students doing sparring techniques, but they're uh, I put them together and they're just punching to the head, so they're probably not applicable for our our our, our uh, regional or world tournaments, but. I put these together, I don't know, a long time ago. I mean, some of these, some of these things, and the, the, the thirty takedowns and the, that, that kind of stuff. Master Stein was very uh, instrumental. I was on, I was head of the Dairy Young Committee, and so he was. I put, I dragged him in and said, "You're part of my committee." <laughs> so, so we uh, we worked together on a lot of this stuff. Master Wolverton says that Master Utech will be sharing them during the master's training clinics. So, oh, okay. So there you go. The plan is in place. Um, so you've, you've mentioned Master Stein. What is it you, you, you talked to? You started in 72. So, you know, you, it, you're one of those guys that you just train, right? It's been almost yeah. crazy, almost 50 years. What is it to, what does it mean to you to have a, a training partner that has been around, you know, pretty much the entire time you've trained. What does that mean to you? Well, you use the term train and, and I, I'm not, I'm not uh, this is just my observation. We trained. And when you said, I'm going to go to martial art training, we trained. Right. I think training with Master Stein, it was pretty serious. And he was, he being a wrestler, I just want to use one side, side note with him. We would practice, we were in a kickboxing class and we we're getting ready for a tournament and to Australia. So I was going to, uh, uh, we were Hebrew sparring and I could never take him down. He was so, so, uh, so good. Uh, and yeah, he was, let me back up a minute. He was a, a chodon when I started. And then shortly after that, my instructor took him to uh, Korea just for his edon, Master Stein. Anyway, so here he is, uh, he and I are sparring and we got to go and he kicked and I grabbed his leg. I said, oh, you know, my ego got the best of me. <laughs> I said, I got him. I went to sweep his other leg and I don't know how, somehow I ended up on my back, <laughs> but he, but I, he's, he was so phenomenal. So training with him and now he's head of the uh, 
young uh, committee and he's got such a great memory for form and, and I have to uh, you know access his expertise pretty regular to, to remember my forms because I'm, I'm be honest I'm getting rusty on them and uh, uh, I, I had closed my school uh, a couple of years ago and in hindsight the best thing because I, I wouldn't be able to pay the rent I don't do zoom and I don't do any of that stuff and the they, they wanted me to sign a five-year lease and you know uh, I'm getting a little older I didn't think I, I, I needed to do that so I, I just do clinics and uh, train but it, it was training it wasn't an activity and I think nowadays and and the good thing is having an activity is the young people I told you my instructor had no no kids right. so young people can 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 have the activity or the culture if they want but uh uh, you can't run it like we did in the old days. You run all these people out. My instructor never had a uh, hundred people at one time. He had a lot of black belt, you know, people. He promoted the black belt. A lot of people came through, but the classes were never huge because they were it was training. I mean, how many people want to really train twice a week? You come in and extra uh, Saturday workouts if you're on the kickboxing team. How many people are are going to do that? There are some. Look at the people in the MMA. You know, these people train, right? right. Uh, but we we were uh, now, and that's part of my persona teaching. I, I took it from him. It was hard training. So I never taught my kids classes. I did teach a sparring class on Saturday. But I thought if I teach it, I if this is my um, personality, I may drive these kids out. And I would always pretest them. I had some kids there on Red Belt for you know a year, a year and a half. And so I took a, a lesson from, from Master Lappin. I, I, I talked to the parents. I said, listen, I'm going to have a half red, half blue belt. It's going to be an in-house test. But to motivate these kids, uh, I'm, going to, I'm going to have them test. And <clears throat> they were good with it because their, their kids were getting impatient. But they weren't ready. They weren't ready for blue belt. So uh, I tested them. Of the three in that incident uh two stay got their black belts and and one uh and one one dropped out at, at some point but the the ability to have kids come in and do something positive is a good thing so that's a plus that's a big plus right the training part of it you know you're still going to have people who train train hard uh but i i always ran my studio kind of serious uh, and i i didn't mean to 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 be say that I well my we train hard everybody else that's not that's not what I'm, I'm saying that I had to teach the way my instructor taught the way Master Stein taught and the way way uh, I, that's what we did right I love a quote that I found I think it was on your website that you said that students will live up up or down to your expectations and I, I you know I, I think that's a, a quote that we can all look at and apply to our, our teaching, whether we teach kids or adults that, you know, you, I think we can always expect a little more from people than they think they, they are capable of. So, you know, sure. I, I appreciate that mindset and, you know, well, even, even, it, yeah, I, I, yeah, I like that. I, I heard, I'm not even sure where I heard that it might've been Brian Tracy or something, but, okay. uh, but, you, but then again, I, I'm more into uh, maybe cause I'm older into the yin and yang. And we know about the um and yang, uh, yin and yang. Uh, Grandmaster Shen talks about it in his, his, his book. 
the essence, I think. Uh, but do we need to, I, I try to follow the, the yin, the yin um, being feminine and the yang being uh, masculine. Uh, I ran my school in the yang. And so I probably could have benefited business-wise had I done a little more. Um, and what I mean by that, there's a great book by Jason Gregory called Effortless Living. And uh, it's a really good read. He talks about the, uh, the yin and yang, but the, the, the Tao Te Chang and, and uh, uh, Lao Tzu and Cheng Shu and, and a very, very insightful book. But the yin and yang, he talked about uh, what was meant was to live in the yin, live in the, in the feminine, and then use the yang uh, sparingly. And the, the example he gives is you're going to make chocolate milk. So you, the, the uh, yin is, is the milk. The yang is the chocolate. So you don't put eight ounces of milk and eight ounces of chocolate. You get a mess. You get a big, muddy mess. Yeah. So you use the, uh, the, the yang sparingly as needed. And then Bruce Lee used to use the Dallas uh, principle. You throw a big boulder into the water. The water gives way and then smothers the, the rock. So that, that, that I probably could have used a little more um, in, my, in my earlier days. <laughs> well, like you said, um, you were, that's, how you were, that's how you were brought up. And, you know, we, we typically tend to stay pretty close to our, our roots. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Master Chapel from the UK uh, says, what do you, you know, talking about the, the old school training, what do you miss from the old school days and what do you love from the current days as far as training? Are there, are there things that you, you kind of wish that, that didn't fall to the wayside and, but things that, you know, have improved training currently? Well, there's one thing that I could say, I'm older now. And I used to, if you, if you see any of my DVDs, look at the conditioning tape. And I look at some of the stuff that I, I, I did. That was really, I mean, we're doing jumping squats with a bar on my shoulders and step up, I mean, jumping over bags and all, all this crazy stuff. And we would do it for three minutes, three minute rounds. And then at age 35, I said, you know, I'm not competing anymore. So I cut down to two minutes. But I look at some of that stuff I did. And uh, in terms, I wouldn't change anything uh, in terms of how hard I, I ran the school, but I'd make sure that people who were older didn't, didn't subscribe to that. And I had some people that were older, just from the black belt. And I tried to get them to back off a little bit. And I've had my knee replaced and my shoulder replaced. And I, looking at this video, I hadn't seen it in a long time, but when I, when I sent it to Becky Ruff, I said, let me check this out. I said, oh, no wonder I had my knee replaced. <laughs> See, wait, look at this stuff, like duck walks across the floor with a bar on your shoulder and walking and throwing front kicks while you're duck walking. It was crazy. So I think what I appreciate now more is form. I'm I, I doing young and, uh, but, but I still, I still, work out. I, I work out. Uh, uh, I, I do my walk run. You're not supposed to run with the replace me, but, but being the gang. <laughs> I won't tell I, you. I, 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 walk, I walk and I'll run the hills so I don't put, hurt my knee. But, but I, I think 
what what I miss is when people want to do want to train hard. Many martial arts school again is activity. So where do they go? They go to MMA, mm. and then they get they get they get kicked around for a couple of weeks and they leave. So they their impression of martial arts is not is not a, a, a if we gave them a more serious uh, approach. Uh, and I'm not going to single out any schools in our area, but if we gave them a little more serious approach, maybe they wouldn't go to MMA, at least not right now. I have some students who, who are competing and there's a MMA school uh, uh, close by. And one of my uh, uh, sons, he asked me, he says, Master Bach, he said, I like to train and he's young. And I said, well, this is the time to do it. So he went over there and he, uh, and I, I said a couple things though, if you go over. Uh, I don't want you getting any of that macho attitude. Mm -hmm. you know, people are getting mouthy to their, their opponent. That, that's not telling you, no, that's not, that's not what we do. Number two is you don't let them put you in a fight before you're ready. And then the third thing, wear that earpiece so your ears don't look foolish. <laughs> you don't get those cauliflower ears. Yeah. Well, two out of three ain't bad. He, he didn't wear it because he wrestled in, in high school. But yeah. I, I looked at him and said, you're not wearing your ear guards, are you? <laughs> yeah, but uh, so anyway, I, I think that uh, there's room for both. There's room for the activity and there's room for, for training as well. And it's in martial arts. Yeah. Another great. thing that, that, that really stands out is, well, we used to go do demonstrations in the 70s. You know, you do, you do kicho, kicho, kicho hong ilbu. You know, uh, the basic forms and people, oh, wow, what is that? You know, they didn't, hadn't seen a lot of martial arts. And then you, you break, break some boards and do a little bit of self-defense. Nowadays, it's all, it's all uh, uh, extreme, you know, extreme sports uh, with the wushu uh, butterfly kicks and all these different crazy things. So I think that, I like that. It, that's, that takes hard training to do some of that stuff. And I, I think that uh, and I know our association, we have a Harang Don branch that, that, that work, works with the uh, young people on, on doing some of that. And I think that's a, that's a good thing. A little more flair, a little more flash to go along with the tradition. We can't throw out the tradition because that's what, that's what Tonkido is versus some Taekwondo. I remember when I, the first time I went to world championships, I think it was 2004. And I love logos and 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 you know i was a brand new black belt and i'm looking at all the different joe box and i i remember seeing you and your your fitness fanatics logo and i and i remember asking someone I was like where where is this guy from because you're you're a pretty tall guy you got the hair you're you you know like you said you're working out <laughs> doing doing duck squats and where so did you, where did that logo come from? And, and, you know, part of that, uh, Master Wolverton says, uh, the 200 takedown club in the old days at Fitness Fanatics. <laughs> yeah, we would do takedowns in a particular, I, I didn't really plan on one. Uh, I just addressed the takedowns. I, I, I didn't plan. I don't plan my classes. I would go up, we do our warmups. Everybody have to do is 150 kick, stretch kicks, 25 of each leg of this. 25 wow. like this, 25 like this. So it's 150. Why they're doing that? I would think about what we need to restart some basics, and I would, I would go on. And so we have a class. We can do takedowns, and we we go around the room in a circle. You do number one all the way around. Everybody, the next guy follows, and you're doing the all these takedowns, and then you go to the next. Anyway, 
So she calls it 200 takedown uh, drill. <laughs> but the, the first, I had actually two logos. I had one where martial arts was standing in, in a Humboldt Jesse. Uh, and I got that out of a magazine. I just thought it was pretty cool. That was you know, back before I opened my studio. Uh, and Fitness Fanatics, uh, I, I saw an article about um, stereo equipment. How many people use stereo equipment anymore except me? I, I still play albums and uh, cassette tapes. But it said made in Japan by Fanatics. And I was constantly thinking, what am I going to name my fitness? Because I had weightlifting. I had a full a floor of nothing but weights. And I had a mezzanine with nothing but heavy bags. Uh, and we did uh, uh, cardio kickboxing uh, there. And then upstairs was my, my Tong Sudo. So, uh, and then, but I had, I had the reef and Grandmaster Shin was concerned about the reef because of uh, you know, his split from Mudaquan and there was an issue about using it. So I, I changed my logo to the guy in Basai who was doing, but I kept the fitness fanatic. And so that's where my, that's where my uh, artwork came from. <laughs> Another thing uh, Master Wolverton said, ask about his saying, I have stuff to teach you I haven't made up yet. <laughs> yeah, actually, that I got from Matt, Master Stein, we were talking about, and somebody said, wow, you guys are showing us all this stuff, but we didn't have it in class. It was a clinic. And Master Stein actually coined that phrase, says, we got stuff to teach we haven't thought of yet, which <laughs> is true. You got to have, have uh, you got to be creative. You got to be creative. Can't be stuck in a, in a, uh, in a rut. That's why I came with Master Stein and I did the 20 advanced one steps. See, in the Mudokon, we did punching and kicking combination together. We didn't have hand el susik, kicking el susik, and, and host and sul, which, which we did, but but it was all put in. We, you know, you, you, you kick, punch, and, and uh, arm lock uh, somebody. But so we, and I noticed that, you know, for an orange belt, you're doing one through five. And then so on through the belts, you're doing all the way up to 30. And then I noticed that a black belt test, these people are doing one through 30 or if whatever they prescribe. And then I would stop and say, okay, everybody create your own. You know, so I had the proxy would tell them, create your own, the panel wants to see it. And some of them were kind of stuck. They didn't know they could. Uh, what's the saying? Uh, I have it on the back of one of my cards. Uh, he didn't know it couldn't be done, so he did it. But these people thought it could be done, and then you told them, well, you can do it. And so we came up with these 20 advanced one steps. And to be honest, when I taught my students, I never taught all 20. I get up to 12 and 14, pretty soon they, they knew how to make up their own better than stuff I came up with. You know, they were, they were very creative and and uh, you doing Hapkido, you would be able to throw those Hapkido moves in uh, along with your tongue Sudo stuff. So you're, you're not in a box, you're, you're, you're branching out. So kicking is not over here and punching over here and then self-defense over here. You're combining it. And uh, like some of those takedowns that, that the come up with, the El Sushi gets easy because you just somebody standing there like a mannequin. But some you can do in Hosu Sul, some, some of the takedowns you could do free fighting. And he said, well, we did kickboxing, we had boxing gloves. So you couldn't grab. So you had to do takedowns that, that you could do uh, with, with the gloves on without, without grabbing. So anyway, uh, yeah, we have stuff. <laughs> I, I haven't been 
been thinking too much lately. <laughs> I don't know why, but uh, uh, if I had my studio, I'd be I'd be doing it. But you're right. That that's a that's a good way to to, to think of it. I have stuff to teach. I haven't thought of. <laughs> well, it so sounds hard. <laughs> it sounds like you've you've built up a pretty good library uh, of of things throughout the years between forms you remember from your instructor, the one steps and cane form. Uh, you build up a pretty good bank of, of information. Sure, and I, I would take from everybody, you know, I'm not cre necessarily creating right. uh, uh, a takedown. It's there, I just, and, and I would get stuff from Master Godwin, Huffedo Techniques at, at the Master's Clinic and all these masters that would show uh, a variety of things. I, I would say, oh, I like that. You know, I'm gonna take that home. And, uh, when I was teaching in my garage prior to the World Kung Fu Do, and this guy, uh, Felipe, he was a sixth Don uh, from Venezuela. And he came up and he was doing some of these kicks that were kicking drills. You go around the room on one foot and you're just kipping, you know, you kip across and you're down and back. And now and we were doing a lot of kickboxing back then. And this is like early 80s. And, and uh, some of that stuff wouldn't apply in kickboxing, but it didn't matter. I couldn't do it. <laughs> so, so uh, I, I, I'm going to take whatever I can from this guy. This guy could really, and I learned some of this stuff. And I had another uh, black belt there who tested for masters with me. He says, uh, he's not with, with us anymore, but the uh, association. He said, you know, Jim, I don't, I don't think we should turn the class over to this guy. And I know why, because we look foolish trying to do some of his techniques. I said, why? And he says, he said, well, you know, it's our thing and we don't want to look bad. I said, look bad. I said, I want to learn from this guy. So uh, I, I took as much as I could from this guy. So anybody who can teach me something, even a white belt can see them do something different than what you showed them, but it worked. He said, wow, that, I like that. Uh, and, and anybody you, you can learn from. So we're always a student, right? We're always a student. Absolutely. I love that mindset. Uh, just recently, a couple couple months ago, uh, I was teaching a very basic form to a lower belt, and and I forget what it was, but they said something. It's like you know what? I never thought about it that way before, but I'm gonna start telling people that, so, and I'll I'll remember that from from you. Um, yes, yeah. Sometimes like, a student will will describe what you told them in a different way, yeah. and they, some of the classes weren't getting it the way I described it. I said that makes more sense. It makes more sense. Absolutely. Yeah. I, you were talking about taking things from, from different styles and, and putting them together. And I, I love that mindset too. I, I often tell people uh, to not compartmentalize forms. It's like, well, remember this form move we did in this form? We are having trouble with it here. <laughs> you got to bring it over. Um, and, you know, people, like I said, they, they compartmentalize things, even not just styles, but, but forms are, I like that idea of, of putting everything together. And I'm a, a big proponent and have been for years of. Uh, well, even in our advanced one steps, Master Stein uh, uh, came up with this out of our, out of our uh, 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 Ping on Saigon. So I think I'll, I'll just say, I think it's number three <laughs> advanced ones that he, he, he does out of, you, you'll recognize it. Uh, but he do the elbow, but then he has a sweep on it too. But uh, you know, sidekick elbow, 
but we do. He does more in a in a sparring type type of uh, posture, and so uh, and there's also a pinyon edon uh, technique in, in one of those two. But yeah, you can take that that stuff and just modify it and and, and make make it work. You know, playing music since since 1965. Uh, the, the, and I still play, and I and but the thing about music and tongue tongue and martial arts, you can always get better. You can always get better. Uh, I know some uh, drummers who who say, ah, oh, yeah, you know, he says, I just I don't practice. I just go show up to the gigs and play. But you can always get better. I mean, I see these young people, and the same with martial arts. Like you look at these these martial art extreme. Uh, well, who's the, the girl from uh, uh, England? Chloe Bruce. Yes. The way she kicks, and he said, "Geez, you know, <laughs> I, you know." But I I, I uh, had a, a, a DVD I ordered, which has some exercises she had, and so that was, you know, we did some of these exercises in my class in class, and uh, uh, make makes you a better kicker. I I, I never kick like her. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'll never kick like her, but. Uh, uh, I can, you know, you, you, you learn that, so you always get better, uh, and it's, uh, that, that's a good thing, isn't it? I mean, yeah. we're never at the top. Yeah, co yeah, constantly adding to your repertoire and, and, and evolving, um, you know, you, you don't, you don't stick around for something, in something as long as, as you have without learning new things, and could you imagine just doing the same thing over and over again for 50 years? <laughs> Master Duffield uses an old, this is back in the early 70s, and uh, uh, somebody was doing a form uh, in a demonstration, and uh, and he did a low block, and, and uh, <laughs> uh, somebody asked Master Duffield, what is that? That's a low block. He says, he says uh, wow, he says, that's something. He says, what do they do a full blast? He was kind of joking, you know, in the first, but that was so, everything was so foreign to, uh, to everything, you know, I mean, there wasn't videos out. I remember going to see uh, Billy Jack, uh, you know, Tom Walker, Bonk Suhan did the, did the uh, uh, stunt work and going to theater and seeing it. And we had no videos. We had, I had to go back and see this thing because I want to see the fight scene again out in the park where I'm going to take this foot and walk you on this side of the head, you know. And I said, man, and his shoulders didn't move. Of course, it's camera. You know, you don't know what exactly you're showing. He just, his leg just went up and did this inside outside kick. And so I stood in front of the mirror, <laughs> trying to do that kick without making my shoulders move. You know, yeah, you know, it was impossible. So I, but I, I got better at it just because I practiced it. <laughs> Uh, we, we talked earlier about traveling for, for kickboxing. Uh, Master Anderson says that it was an honor to have you at their Region 5 Don Camp. Can you uh, talk about some of the places you've had the opportunity to, to travel to, uh, to, to teach and train Tong Sudo? Well, I went to Australia on the kickboxing. Uh, and the, when I fought the Philippine team, they came here. And most of our kickboxing was was uh, uh, West Coast. Uh, uh, Benny Equatus had a couple schools, and I think we had a school from Bakersfield we competed against. These guys are tough, by the way. But um, I lost that fight too. <laughs> I, uh, uh, I don't make excuses, but I, I, I was 164 pounds. I was going to fight at 158. And, and so, uh, and, but I'm proud of this, most proud of this fight that I lost. 
I mean, just because you're competing with yourself. Not that's the way I looked at it. Kind of. uh, so I got down to 158. So my instructor says uh, we had 12 days before the fight, and he says the guy you're supposed to fight hurt his ankle. I said he says but they got another guy who was 148. Can you? I just lost weight. I just I got down to 150. So 12 days I lost 12 pounds. Yeah. I got down to 146 and we went for the weigh-in. I was 146, but I was like weak. And anyway, it was I lost on a decision, but I was more proud of that fight than fights that I won because because I challenged my myself. Uh, the other travel I did was uh, uh, in, I, I really remember I went to Argentina in 1993, and I think this was part of my test. Grandmaster Shen uh, had Maggie called and said, Master DeBacchus, and this was Thursday. So I said, yeah. She says, uh, Grandmaster Shen's mother had passed away and he wants you to go to, with Master Nicole to, to uh, Argentina. Uh, and I said, wow, well, first of all, Grandmaster Shen, I can you know, do anything for him. And he said, uh, oh, and sorry, I don't have a, a my passport's expired. So all of a sudden, Grandmaster Shen picks up the extension and he says, Master Bach, you can do? I said, sir, I'll, I'll do my best. I'll go down and get a passport. <clears throat> so they faxed me the itinerary, went down to San Francisco on Friday. And if you drop off all your paperwork, you can pick it up at five o'clock or right before they close. So I did that. I went down there. I got my, my, uh, uh, my passport renewed. And uh, on Monday, I, had, I, I left for for uh, Florida and met Master Nicole and went to Argentina. But I think that was my test because I was a fourth time, I fourth time for six years or more. I forget how long, long time. Uh, so, yeah, uh, maybe more, maybe eight years. I think it's eight years. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think about that all of a sudden next master's clinic, I was asked, asked to test. But I, I felt bad because I got to Argentina and expecting Grandmaster Shen to come off the plane. Here comes this guy with long hair. My hair was longer, and, and what a letdown, you know, <laughs> Grandmaster Shen. And, uh, no, he, he's not here. But I had a great time, and boy, it was so, you know, everywhere you go, even in the States, or when I was regional director, I went to Alaska and Guam, and I, I got, you know, run tests, uh, uh, and everywhere you go, they just treat you so nice. I mean, that's, that's the, I haven't been to Europe. Uh, I've always wanted to, you know, uh, things haven't worked out but uh i've always wanted to go to europe and, and visit there but everybody's always so so gracious you know you travel and it's a family right it's a family absolutely i i have not i haven't gotten to europe either but in doing these interviews i've i've gotten the chance to talk to both master cons and and some of the other instructors and, and they're fantastic i can't wait to be able to travel to all these places that i want to go to <laughs> Oh yeah, you'll be treated well. You're you're part of the family. Yes, yeah, sir. Um, this kind of goes along. You you mentioned a grandmaster grandmaster Shinman that last one. Um, master Nelson from Seattle asked, uh, "Which what's one of your favorite gr- memories with Grandmaster Shin?" Oh, <clears throat> well, in the early days, regional uh, region one, we didn't have tournaments, and so in in '88 we had a had a clinic, Grandmaster Shen came out. Now, by this time, Master Stein was regional director. So Grandmaster Shen came out for the clinic and we we're having a picnic and he says, Master Debacher, he, he, he says, uh, you ever host a tournament? 
I said, no, I hope my instructor with the kickboxing tournaments, but that's a lot different. You got uh, 10 fights and these 20 people competing, but but everybody's in the stands. Mm -hmm. a big event with everybody competing. I said, oh, geez. I said, no, but it's, I've never hosted one, but it sounds like I won't be able to say that next year. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, and he kind of laughed. He says, yes, I want you to host. And uh, he says, Maggie can help you, uh, you know, make, make sure you know all, all, all that you need to have. So I said, okay. So in my studio, I had weightlifting and I had, had these power lifters there. And these guys, you know, they had the big bars and they had the, the weights and they do squats and the bars doing this, you know, with the heavy weights that's shaking. These guys are, were monsters. Uh, uh, so, so they had, when they put their events on, they had sculptures. They weren't trophies, they were sculptures. And so I, I had the logo that was that was the guy on the Humboldt jossie and, and the World Tongue Sudo logo. I, I sent all the artwork and I there was a guy who did the swamp thing for Marvel Comics. He lived down on the coast here, not too far from me. And he he I went out there and, and, and I got in the pose and he took a picture and he took a picture from all sides. Then he drew it from all sides. So I got a hold of the sculpture. Guys, didn't, it wasn't he moved to uh, Oklahoma. So I call the guy, I'm gonna send you the stuff. Can you make, make you know, trophies? And he says, uh, he says, he says, uh, yeah, I can make those. And it really wasn't that expensive. It, it was like 3,500 bucks for, for all these sculptures. And I said, I want the first place in gold, second place, you know, silver, then bronze for the uh, third place. And so they got to drive them out. There's so many and they're big. They were like big and, and, and nice, but so he, he uh, supposed to come out with the trophies and I'm at the hotel, I'm checking Grandmaster Shin hadn't flown in yet so trophies aren't there I said, oh geez, my first tournament oh Grandmaster Shin I'm, gonna, he, I'm letting him down I mean, so we, <clears throat> we go to San Francisco we pick up, we pick up Grandmaster Shin and one of my <clears throat> musician friends also was a, a iron worker in the Golden Gate Bridge and believe it or not, you can go up, there's little elevators that go up to the very, very top. Of the, but you have to get, get permission from the bridge district to, to go there. So so we're going to take Grandmaster Shannon at the top. And so on the way up, he says, so what do you decide uh, with the trophies or medals? I said, well, sir, I tried something different. He says, what you, what you try? I said, well, I ordered some sculptures, but they haven't shown up. I don't know if we're going to have anything. And, and he said to me, if you don't try anything, you never learn. I said, wow. <laughs> he took the weight off my shoulders. I mean, then he, he, he patted me on the back. And I thought, wow, this is, yeah, thank you, you know, because I was so stressed about this thing. Anyway, we showed up to the hotel uh, with Grandmaster Shen back in Santa Rosa, our drive away. And, and uh, there was a guy unloading the trophies, the sculptures. And he had the big carts and he's wheeling out. And there were some people looked at these things that were, you know, from out of town and they were staying at the hotel. They saw these things come up. And I think a couple of them weren't thinking about competing and they saw these things. They said, well, I'm gonna sign up. You could sign up that day. We didn't have like mandatory pre-registration. But that was that was uh, an insight on Grandmaster Shen. Instead of saying, what, you idiot? <laughs> you didn't you didn't make sure you got trophies and medals. And and uh, anyway, it was a success. So it was good. Great. That that's great, sir. Uh, we're we're at the hour mark. I usually like to keep them uh, 
right around an hour. Um, okay. I, 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 everything else would both be boring. <laughs> no, no, not at all. I, mean, I wasn't. <laughs> We, we could easily go to uh, another hour. Um, Master Khan messaged, messaged me and said uh, that you're one of the most humble masters in the WTSDA, and he would love to have you in the UK. So um, well, thank you. You I'd say the word. <laughs> Master Khan, I'm sure, would, would be happy to, uh, to host you. Um, <laughs> well, thank, thank you for having me, and thank you uh, for those who've tuned in. I, 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 I know with the COVID thing, we haven't been able to uh, get together, but uh, this is the next best thing. And so I, I appreciate I appreciate being uh, part of this. Yeah, I, I, like, I, I really appreciate you, you joining me. And you know, we, we've talked back and forth for a couple months and I'm glad we finally got the chance to uh, sit down and talk. So thank you for your time, sir. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you. All right, thanks everyone for watching. Uh, have a great rest of the weekend and hopefully we'll see you soon. Tung Su, sir. Thanks, sir.